Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Fellow Show. I am your host, the Fellow KGB. You can follow me on Twitter at the Fellow KGB. And tonight, Friday night, January eighth at six PM Central Time here. It's Wild Card Weekend. We uh, we made it. It's the first round of the playoffs. Super exciting. Uh, actually, I forgot to to flip my hourglass here for the hour show. But uh, anyways, wildcard weekend, we're going to be looking at my start-sit charts. We'll kind of go through each game. I'll just kind of give you my thoughts. We'll look at the practice reports as well and just uh, kind of just get uh, get nestled in because we got three great games tomorrow, three great games on Sunday. Uh, I, I really like the move for seven playoff teams. I think that's uh, a lot of fun having three games each day. So wildcard weekend is here. We're going to hop into a screen share, and let's just see what's going on here. So on the fantasyfellowship.com, uh, what's going on, Fabian? How's it going, man? Happy Friday night to you. Hope everything's going well, but uh, here we are, wildcard weekend, start, sit, charts. Uh, we got the link to the practice reports here. We'll open that up as well. But starting with the noon game, the Colts and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the, the Buffalo's heavy favorites in this one. Uh, most people's dark horse, or if you can call a two-seat a dark horse here, but the Buffalo Bills action is uh, looking pretty dang good. So let's start with those practice reports over there in Buffalo. I think everything looks pretty good. I don't think Cole Beasley is going to – I don't know. He didn't practice Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm not sure what's why they didn't put reports out today, but limited yesterday. So there's a small chance he plays. I'm not expecting him to play, but if he plays, it's a good bonus there for Buffalo. Stephon Diggs, he kind of downplayed his, this oblique injury, so he's going to play. I wouldn't really worry too much about him. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie, I'm not sure what was there, but this actually looks really good for Buffalo's side. There's no injury concerns here. On the Indianapolis side, uh, looks like Will Holden offense. I think he's a backup offensive tackle here. This one's kind of big, though. Starting cornerback Rocky Sin is going to be out. Concussion protocols. Uh, not good there. We'll see. That. I mean, you're going to need you're going to need all the corners against Josh Allen right now. So that's uh, definitely a little bit of a loss there. But everything else seems pretty healthy. I don't know why Jonathan Taylor's not practicing in full, but he's limited here for three straight games or three straight days. I don't know why they don't have the Friday injury reports in here yet. Usually they do by now. But nothing too crazy here in this Buffalo-Indianapolis game. And if we just kind of look quickly at the, th this was the fantasy points allowed. So like when we were doing our show during the regular season, these were the numbers that we cared quite a bit about. So uh, how does, how did, I mean, how do these teams going to move the ball? Uh, the, you see the two red, the, the two red matchups here, the bills pretty limiting against the receivers and the Colts are pretty dang good against the tight end. So those are really the tough spots. The bills do allow quite a bit of fantasy points to the tight end. So at 15, but then for the most part, these guys are just kind of average uh, for what we got going on here. So how do we evaluate this Buffalo and Indianapolis Colts game? Um, and just before we get to that, I want to kind of look for, this is kind of what I'm talking about here with Fabian's fantasy playoff team. That's why we're doing the start-sit charts, because we'll kind of talk about which players I like in each game. So his, his uh, this is Fabian's team here. It looks like he's got Josh Allen, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Diggity Diggs, Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey, uh, Justin Tucker and Bucks D Adams and Kelsey get double points next week. And I think we, yeah, we think we talked about this earlier where everybody gets double points and then I think it doesn't it triple. And then I think everything goes like that. So just, you know, one X is each round. Uh, but yeah, man, you got Josh Allen scoring big points this weekend against Indianapolis. I don't think Indianapolis was for the most part of the season, all their defensive matchups were red, but they've kind of uh, gotten beat up a little bit down the stretch here. So their defense is is not vulnerable, but it, it it can be beat in a team like Josh Allen right now. I think with Josh Allen, you're you're I think you're getting at least three games. Most people expect them to play Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. So I think that's a really good max value. I mean, outside of Rodgers and Mahomes, I think Allen's the most obvious guy to pick for your quarterback in this situation. So I like that. 
Uh, Kamara, he's probably getting at least two, three games. That seems very likely there too. Derrick Henry's interesting because that, that's a tough Baltimore game. But I think uh, for the most part in my NFL bracket pool, a lot of people have been basically split down the middle with Baltimore and Tennessee. But we've seen Derrick Henry do some good things against them. Devontae Adams, no problem with that. Travis Kelsey, no problems with that. Those guys are studs. And then I like the pairing of Stephon Diggs with Allen, Justin Tucker. That, that's a pretty good one there too. Um, you do potentially kind of, I guess, with, with having a, a Baltimore Raven kicker and then the – the Titans running back that potentially kind of kind of goes against each other. So, you know, for sure you're losing points at one of those positions in the future. But uh, I think maybe, maybe you, you, if you feel like the Titans are going to win, you, you swap out Tucker and maybe you, maybe you, you latch on to uh, the Buffalo bills kicker. Maybe that kind of makes sense. Um, something to think about there. I just, those two games, you know, the Baltimore and the Tennessee, that's going to conflict each other for the future here, but this looks pretty good. You kind of got the studs there that I was uh, considering here. So what do we do here? I think Josh Allen's probably the best quarterback play this weekend. If it's not Josh Allen, it might be Lamar. Uh, but we love Josh Allen. He's probably the top quarterback play this week. Stephon Diggs, I'm not too worried about that oblique injury again. I still think he's a wide receiver one. Uh, and I think Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, if you're playing in a, in a playoff pool here, these guys are good chance they beat the Colts. And there's they're probably going to be favorites again next weekend. So there's a good chance that you get three games out of Allen and Diggs. And I just I don't know if if the Colts are going to be able to, to limit Diggs. Maybe the injury is something that could you know maybe limit Diggs himself. Uh, and then I think John Brown, the way John Brown played last week, he looked he looked ready to go. I think they did a good job of keeping him out uh, out of the the lineup here while he was healthy. Let me see if I can find John Brown real quick here. Probably should have typed in uh, his first name here. But John Brown had a pretty productive day in week 17 when it was just really good that they were able to get him a game back before the actual playoffs. So he went four catches, 72 yards and a touchdown. I like John Brown as a sleeper. Uh, if you're playing in like a salary cap or something like that, John Brown's a pretty good play here too. And again, just because we don't know if Cole Beasley, he, he's probably 50, 50 to play. There's a small chance that there is no Cole Beasley. Uh, but again, just looking at those practice reports, uh, I didn't see, I was really disappointed. They didn't put Fridays in yet. Uh, but he was limited. Cole Beasley limited yesterday, no or no practice Wednesday, Tuesday. So we'll see about Stephon Diggs. As far as the running backs in Buffalo, like I, I want to, I want to invest in Singletary, Zach Moss. But I mean, they're 50-50 split with snaps. You don't know whose game it's going to be. So I think for the most part, the the smart play is to avoid Singletary and Moss in any kind of fantasy playoff challenge. Um, these guys are more, you know, contrarian DFS picks at the most here. I, I would like to see Buffalo try to establish the run a little bit. And uh, essentially, like, if the Bills are going to win, they want to hold on to the ball as much as possible. They don't want the Colts hanging around. And uh, that also feeds Jonathan Taylor. So I do think uh, it would make sense for, for Buffalo to run the ball here. But in terms of fantasy, like Allen and Diggs, those are the, those are the locks. John Brown's a really good flex option. I might be interested in the Buffalo Bills defense just because I know I'm going to get maybe two or three games out of them. And if I'm playing one of the defenses in this game, I'm taking Buffalo. And then I'm also taking uh, – the way I set these up is I added kicker to this, and I basically just listed the kicker that I would prefer in each game. So give me the Buffalo side. Uh, we'll see about Gabe Davis. I'll – I'll consider Gabe Davis in a, in a DFS lineup if I know Beasley's out, but just we'll have to monitor that uh, up into the morning there. But that's pretty easy for Buffalo side. On the Colts side, uh, I don't think anyone's picking Phillip Rivers for a playoff challenge. And uh, uh, maybe for a DFS lineup once this week, he should be low-owned. I think people are going to be uh, looking elsewhere for their quarterback points. But I don't love it. He has been playing some good football the last month and a half or so. 
but not my favorite. Buffalo, uh, we did see that Buffalo is pretty dang good against uh, limiting the receiver points. And then they're also 14th against the quarterback. So I would expect Rivers to have a shot maybe at two touchdowns, probably one for sure. But if Colts are going to win, it's all about Jonathan Taylor. He's the one guy, I think if you're playing DFS lineups, he's going to probably be the like one of the top running backs to pick there. Buffalo, the one spot you can get points in here is with the running backs, 24.6. I guess also the tight ends too. But uh, for sure, you're going to see a heavy dose of Jonathan Taylor. He might be one of the top scoring running backs this weekend. I know a lot of people like Henry, a lot of people like Kamara as well. But this would be my dark horse for the next. If there's someone that's not Kamara or Henry to lead the, the RBs and points this weekend, it's probably Taylor. Um, Hilton, Naheem Hines, these guys are kind of riskier plays. If, if Buffalo gets ahead, you might see Naheem Hines a lot more than Jonathan Taylor. But I think just with the recipe of Philip Rivers and Jonathan Taylor, I think Taylor's going to get fed the ball a lot. I can't trust the Colts defense. I like Blankenship, but for a, like a playoff long challenge, I'm not taking him. We don't expect the Colts to win. Uh, and then really nobody's usable down here. Even Jack Doyle, Moali Cox, and Trey Burton, even though Buffalo does light it up or does let the tight ends light them up. Um, so for me, this one's pretty easy. I guess I'll make a prediction for each game as well. I'm t- it's hard not to take Buffalo in this one. I think a lot of people expect them to make a good run here. Uh, basically the second player in MVP voting in Josh Allen right now. There's a lot of excitement around the Buffalo Bills. So I'm going to say go Buffalo in this one. And then we'll move on to the 3.40 p.m. Central game. Let me just see what's going on here. So Fabian is asking, is Buxty good? for Washington offense, or should I switch them out? Um, so Fabian, are you able to change? I, I think I asked this the other night. I can't remember what the answer was, but are you able to update your, so like next week, are you able to change or is, does this lock for the whole season? I'm assuming it locks. Um, so is Buxty good for Washington offense or should I switch them out? I mean, technically Washington, Washington might be the worst offense in the fan, in, in the, the whole playoffs. Um, so it's, it's really a really good spot for Tampa Bay. Uh, I, I do expect Tampa Bay to play at least two games in this playoffs. I think it really depends though. Uh, the path for Tampa Bay that I like is if, is if they can get help by the, from the Rams or the bears that way, if, if Tampa Bay can avoid green Bay and potentially match up with Seattle or, uh, new Orleans, I think that would be the best case scenario for Tampa Bay to meet, uh, potentially green Bay in the. Uh, the NFC championship game. So I do, I do like Tampa Bay, but if, if you think if you're able to change it for next week, I mean, Tampa Bay is that's, that's probably the best option. I think this weekend, the other game that does interest me a little bit, this Ram Seahawks games, it should be low scoring potentially if John Walford starting, but it looks like Jared Goff's going to start. So I should probably update that and just put Jared Goff up here in red. I think I will do that after the show. But uh, Rams Seahawks, this this actually leads me to another thing here. So if you're talking about defenses, I do think um, here, let's even um, let me just go here to Bavada real quick. Uh, I just want to look at the game lines here and we can we can kind of look because essentially you're going to want you're going to want to pick uh, a game total. That's just not very high for this game. So uh, in the games here, the implied point total, the Rams Seahawks games at about 42 and Tampa Bay, Washington's at 44 and a half. All the other, that, those are the two lowest scoring games of the weekend here. So, I mean, I could argue if you want one just for this weekend, maybe one of the Seattle's, I probably at this point, I might take Seattle just because Jared Goff's got the injured thumb and all that stuff going on. And the, the even when Goff was healthy, they weren't playing very good football. If you remember the Jets game, uh, the, the Rams and the Seahawks offenses have been struggling. So that's a, a good bet to maybe take one of these defenses, whichever team you think is going to win. Uh, but this this is also a really close total here. So I think 
the three defenses that I would consider are Tampa Bay. And then um, I'd consider both these teams, you know, they're both really good defenses right now, but maybe just pick the team that you think is going to win. So I would say Tampa Bay and whatever team, those would be my considerations for defense this week. Uh, but just looking at the Rams and Seahawks, so let's just check out those practice reports real quick. Um, so Mr. Jared Goff, he's been limited uh, all week. Again, I wish they uploaded the Friday reports here. There should have been enough time for that. Uh, but for me personally, I'm assuming Jared Goff's going to be good to go. I did read some positive things about him uh, texting some, you know, some media members of the NFL uh, with the thumbs up emoji saying that he's going to be good to go. So let's assume Jared Goff plays. If things go poorly, they can always, you know, bench him and put, uh, like, what's his name, Johnny Walford in for him. But we're assuming uh, Jared Goff plays. We're assuming there's going to be a heavy focus on the running game. You like Cam Akers practicing in full health here. Aaron Donald, I don't know what the non, that's just the day off here. Uh, but the guy to keep an eye on was Jamal Adam, or that's on the, the Seahawks side here. So everything else seems pretty good for the Rams. I did want to note that they get, um, the Rams also get their starting left tackle back, Andrew Whitworth, which is kind of a big deal. Uh, they haven't run the ball well you know, up until that Cam Akers breakout game. Uh, but Andrew Whitworth is a really good offensive tackle. And, and, see, and Seattle might have, have trouble stopping the run here. Um, so just looking at Seattle's injury reports real quick, I think Jamal Adams is going to play, but he's probably not 100%. Um, nobody's been ruled out here. A um, couple guys questionable. It seems pretty straightforward for Seattle's side here. Nothing really to monitor for fantasy offense. Uh, let me see what we got here real quick. So what picker should I take? Um, I, I like I like getting Bass for Buffalo because that one feels it just feels like that's going to be a really good you know potential move the ball offense for Buffalo against the Colts. I mean, if you want to get a team, maybe the Tampa Bay kicker, uh, Ryan Suckup. I could see at least two field goals and then maybe two or three extra points in this one for the Bucks kicker. I, I'm basically I'm trying to take kickers that are going to win the game. Uh, because especially in the fourth quarter, if a team's losing, they're not settling for field goals unless it's, you know, a, a three, three point game. Um, so I'm, I'm leaning towards kickers on teams that are going to win. Um, Justin Tucker went, I kind of like sticking with Tucker. Um, but uh, that's assuming, again, if you can change it for the next week, I, I do like getting a kicker in this game, and I don't mind taking the Ravens kicker. Uh, we'll look at that in a little bit. But those these two teams did meet each other and there was a handful of kicks. Uh, but maybe a guy like Will Lutz. This one, this one could be a really nice game. It's in the dome. Uh, maybe Will Lutz is is the best kicker here this week. I might say Will Lutz is my is my kicker this week. Uh, I think I'd be pretty comfortable with saying that. Um, but uh, anyways, this Rams Seahawks game. Just looking at the fantasy points allowed here. The Rams defense lights up red, um, and they've been they've been one of the best defenses all season. We have seen Seattle and LA play each other twice this year. Both teams won one game. And the last time we saw it, it was a Seattle victory, 20 to nine. Uh, let me see if I can pull up the time before here. I want to say the Rams won by a touchdown, maybe like 23 to 16. Uh, let's just take a look at this. Um, so here we go. So yes, it was 23 to 16. And in this game, uh, Russell Wilson, 248 yards, two, two interceptions. Uh, Alex Collins got a rushing touchdown in this one. So no Chris Carson this last game that they played. Uh, Tyler Lockett, 5 for 66. Uh, DK Metcalf, 2 for 28. So it wasn't a really good game for the Seattle offense without Chris Carson. 
for the Rams, Jared Goff threw for 302 yards, but he didn't uh, throw a touchdown. At least he didn't throw an interception either. Uh, but Cam Akers, 38 yards. Malcolm Brown, 33 yards and two touchdowns. Another touchdown by Daryl Henderson. So the Rams run for three touchdowns in this game. Uh, and then Josh Reynolds, eight for 94. That's interesting. Nothing really for Cup or for, for Bob Woods. So that's an interesting matchup there. And then let me pull up the most recent game between the two teams. Um, so 20 to nine to Seattle side. Uh, and this was a game, too, where the offense has just struggled. There's only, what, two touchdowns scored in this game. Russell Wilson, uh, 20 of 32, 225 yards, one touchdown. He was sacked five times in this game. Uh, but Chris Carson did play 16 for 69. You liked the over four yards per carry. Russell Wilson got the one touchdown uh, on the ground there. And then DK Metcalf, 6 for 59. Just watching that game, they did a really good job of moving DK Metcalf at the line of scrimmage and getting him away from Jalen Ramsey. So, I would expect a very similar potential output for, for DK Metcalf. They're going to try to get him, you know, eight to 10 targets. I think at minimum, they know they got to get their playmakers the ball and they try to move him away from, from Ramsey there. So Lockett three for 44. I do expect, I don't expect big games from Lockett or Metcalf, but I think, I think uh, potential floor games, you know, at least eight to 10 PPR points seems pretty reasonable for those two. And then on the Ram side, Jared Goff, uh, 24 of 43, 234 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception, sacked three times. So Seattle got to him, rattled him a little bit, made him very inefficient. 12 carries for 62 yards for Henderson. Cam Akers did not play this weekend. Uh, and I also think Andrew Whitworth wasn't in that game too. So, I mean, I know Jared Goff's dinged up, but the Rams are getting their best running back back, and they're getting their best left tackle. So that's that's a pretty big swing. Uh, and then you see Cooper Cup, 8 for 66, Josh Reynolds, 6 for 65, Robert Woods, 4 for 48. Looks like Josh Reynolds here was the leading target guy. So he's kind of someone to sleep on, uh, not, not to sleep on, I guess I should say, in, in the DraftKings or DFS lineup. It looked like he had two really good games against Seattle this year. So keep an eye on Josh Reynolds uh, in the game tomorrow. But then I guess just how do we break this down? We know the Rams defense is good. The Seahawks do allow quarterback and wide receiver points. They're decent against the running back. And the tight end, but if you, I mean, if we looked at the what the Seahawks defense has been doing the last month or so, they've been playing like a top ten defense, and a lot of that has to do with Jamal Adams. So I don't know how do how do we feel about this one? I think this game is a lot closer than people think. Um, I know I know Jared Goff didn't play well in this one. He's he's got a bruised thumb or whatever the ligament in his thumb is kind of messed up, but it, it looks like he's going to play. And I, just because Andrew Whitworth is back, Cam Akers is going to be in this one. I expect the Rams to try to get as many rushing attempts as they can in this one. The, we see they did run the ball 29 times. Like, they ran the ball well, uh, but it was it was Jared Goff that was the problem, 24 for 43. So we'll see what happens at the quarterback spot. But I do expect the Rams to be pesky. This game is probably going to be a lot closer than 20 to 9. Uh, if anything, it's probably going to be, you know, between three and seven points for the most part. So I, this one's really tough for me to call. I think the, the smart decision would be to take Seattle. But again, I'm just going to say I'm not going to be surprised if the Rams win. I could see Cam Akers having himself, you know, a, a, hot, a heavy volume day. And it's all about the, the big play in the passing game. If they can get, you know, a big, long chunk play out of Woods or Cup or even Reynolds, I think that's going to that's going to bode really well for Jared Goff. And just because he's got a, his thumb injury, like the the coaching by Sean McVay and calling the right plays and just keeping Seattle kind of, you know, just on their tiptoes. I think that could be interesting. And Seattle's offense, we just haven't seen much from them lately. So that kind of makes me a little bit nervous about them. This just feels like a really good defense game. I think first, basically first one to 20 points is going to win. That's what it's been the last two games here. 
So I'm going to lean Seattle, but I'm going to say I, my guy MHP, like when I do, when I filled out my bracket pool, I have the Rams winning. So I know that's kind of a, a, a less popular take. I, 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 I'm advising Seattle is probably the favorite. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I, I took the Rams to win. And then in this game, we see the implied point total. It's the lowest implied point total of the weekend at 42 points. Uh, but this is a three and a half, you know, difference game here. So this is going to be, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy watching this one. Rams Seahawks, three and a half difference here and 42 over under. So I, uh, again, I, I'm, I think I'm calling the Rams to win, but the, the, the safe bet is to pick Seattle. They are uh, a heavy popular favorite there. I guess the popular vote gets that pick there. So let's move on to the Saturday nightcap. And uh, we're looking at uh, Bucks Washington. Oh, by the way, MHP, we're doing our prop bet show tomorrow, 1030 uh, a.m. Central Time. Uh, we'll go live with Jesse and we'll hang out for an hour. Maybe the, we'll go all the way up to noon. Who knows? But uh, we'll be doing the player prop NFL uh, wildcard fiesta tomorrow morning. Uh, but Tampa Bay and Washington, 4-5 seed matchup here. Let's just take a peek at those practice reports. Uh, again, I don't know why they don't have the Friday stuff uploaded here. But uh, we were kind of nervous about Mike Evans not playing, but he practiced yesterday. I'm assuming he practiced today as well. So it seems like Mike Evans is going to play, which is really good news. Uh, a couple of uh, non-important, you know, defensive end and LaShawn McCoy. Don't really care about those guys. Ronald Jones practicing in full. That's great to see. Jason Pierre-Paul. doesn't. I don't know what these DNPs are for. It doesn't say, uh, but limited yesterday. And then Dominican Sue looks like just a day off here. So Tampa Bay side looks pretty good. Uh, and then it is, it's really nice to see Mike Evans getting a limited in there, assuming he practiced almost to a full capacity today. So that's really good news for Tampa Bay's offense. Uh, we do know that they're one of their they're like one of the best young linebackers in the game. Devin White's not going to be playing, uh, so that does hurt Tampa Bay's defense a little bit there. Uh, but then on the Washington side here, the only guy ruled out linebacker Thomas Davis with the knee injury. A couple guys questionable. Antonio Gibson's questionable. Terry McLaurin's questionable. I think those guys are both playing. Alex Smith questionable as well. I think they're just, they basically just gave them the Tuesday off. They've been limited the last two days. I think they're just keeping their loads light. Uh, so the offense pieces, Gibson, McLaurin, and Smith should all be good to go. Uh, everything seems to, to be pretty well in order for both those teams health-wise. Now, looking at the fantasy points allowed here, Washington's defense was probably the surprise of the entire season. Just everything's in the top 10. You know, that's the, that's everything's lighting up red here. So they're third against quarterbacks, third against running backs, fourth against wide receivers, and eighth against tight ends. Like, there's really no good way to attack them. Uh, but Tampa Bay, that presents uh, quite a challenge. And I do think with getting Mike Evans back, you got Evans, Godwin, and Antonio Brown's been kind of hitting a stride. Tampa Bay's also got Ronald Jones kind of uh ronald jones man he's been kind of just waiting in the wings he had the covid situation he also had a, a broken pinky i believe it was so he's fresh ronald jones can be fresh but again this defense man how do you attack this defense i don't know two like everything is top 10 in in terms of fantasy ppr points and then the bucks defense uh it, it, on on paper it's really good uh on in real life, like you're not going to be able to, I, I just don't see Washington being able to run the ball with Antonio Gibson. This seems like a JD McKissick type game where they're Washington's probably going to be down a score for the most part of the game. And they're going to have to kind of keep dinking and dunking with JD McKissick and the, the McLaurin and the Logan Thomas type plays. So Tampa Bay, I don't expect uh, again, they're the seventh best team against the running backs. I expect Tampa Bay's defensive line to hold frontier. 
Now you can get Tampa Bay with the quarterback here. They do rank 15th and then the wide receivers and the tight ends, they can score here. So I'm not going to be surprised if, you know, Washington's moving the ball well with Smith, uh, with McLaurin, with Logan Thomas, and a little bit of JD McKissick. If anything, the one guy I'm kind of fading this week, it's probably Antonio Gibson. Um, and if Gibson's going to make your day, I think he's going to have to make a play or two in the passing game. So for me, I have Gibson ranked as a flex. I think JD McKissick, if you're playing DraftKings or FanDuel, I, I think I'd rather buy McKissick at that price, uh, and especially DraftKings when it's full PPR there. So I don't know. I don't expect a lot of success for the running backs in Washington unless it's through the air. Uh, but Smith, just the quarterback too, Terry McLaurin, uh, he's going to play. I feel pretty good about that. He scored last weekend, which was good to see. Could have used that, you know, that game week 16 when he was out. But Terry McLaurin, he could be uh, a guy here that takes advantage of this 23rd ranking for Tampa Bay here. We know Carlton Davis is probably going to play, but he's got that groin injury. So maybe not 100% there, but Terry McLaurin, I do like him as a low-end wide receiver too. Maybe he's best as a wide receiver three. Uh, for tight ends, I, I, I don't think it gets much better besides Logan Thomas. Maybe Mark Andrews is the only other tight end I'd rather own this week. Rob Gronkowski's close, uh, but the Washington defense has been pretty good. And Gronk seems kind of just like an all-or-nothing guy. Where at, at least I know Logan Thomas is going to get the high floor and the targets there. Um, so I do like Logan Thomas, and he's probably the, the, the one guy I feel like decent about here just because it's the tight end position and there's not a lot of good options. So I like Thomas. But it's really going to depend on how Alex Smith keeps the ball and the offense moving with McLaurin and some of those handoffs and the passes to the running back. So um, as good as the Washington defense has been, I mean, everything's coming up Tampa Bay in this game. So I think I would prefer to avoid Washington, and I'm going to start Tampa Bay's defense instead. We're not using any of the Sims bros or uh, Mr. Peyton Barber here. Um, so I'm trying to be optimistic about Washington. I don't feel great about it. Uh, and then on the Buck side, I have Tom Brady ranked as a quarterback too, uh, just because uh, I don't expect a ton of points in this one. If Tampa Bay is going to score, it's probably no more than three touchdowns, I would bet. Uh, and then it feels like at least two field goals. So like, I think the max Tampa Bay is going to score is upwards of 27 to 30 points. So there could be a Ronald Jones goal line touchdown in there. So you're on the, on the low end, you're probably risking a one touchdown game from Brady. I could see two for sure. Um, so I like Brady. Uh, I just I, this game could be a kind of a lower scoring game, and there's always that potential Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette falling in from the one yard line. So Brady, I like him. I'd rather have Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson for a full weekend slate. Uh, I think they're doing it where it's just Saturday's game. So if you're taking a quarterback on Saturday, give me Josh Allen. Uh, Godwin, I think Godwin becomes the number one receiver on this team with Evans kind of 50 50. They might maybe they they keep his snap counts like a 10 percent scale back situation. Uh, but Evans is, is, he's so good. He's, he's actually been Brady's favorite receiver this year. So I could, I could potentially, you know, choose Evans over Godwin, but I like both guys there to hit their floors. Gronkowski is kind of like a third tier tight end to choose from this week. I'd rather have Mark Andrews or Logan Thomas, but I guess on Saturday here, uh, on, if you're doing a Saturday lineup here, I guess, give me Logan Thomas. I think that's the one tight end that I would take on Saturday. Ronald Jones. Uh, I'd rather have Ronald Jones and Antonio Gibson in this game. So I guess that's probably how I'd rank them. So I hope that uh, that helps there. I'm starting Tampa Bay's defense and then give me the Bucks kicker uh, in that one. So I don't know. I, this one's coming up Tampa Bay for me. I think this one's pretty simple. We're going to go with the Bucks over the Washington football team. And then let's move on 
to the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans. This is the game of the weekend. I still don't know who I'm picking to win this game. Ravens and Titans, uh, noon on Sunday, 12.05 p.m. Central Time on Sunday. So let's just take a peep at these practice reports real quick. Uh, they got the, the Friday reports in there. So nobody's been ruled out. That's really good to see here. Um, looks like there's nothing to see here. So that's that's really good for Baltimore side. On the Tennessee side of things, we're looking at um, Derrick Henry. Everything's good to see here. Yeah, everything's looking actually really good here. I don't see anybody ruled out. The center here, Aaron Brewer, looks like he's on the reserve COVID list. So that's kind of something to monitor here. Um, so before I get into the Ravens-Titans game, I got to be right back. Just give me about 30 seconds real quick. All right, sorry for that. Uh, so Ravens-Titans, we just looked at the practice reports. Everything looks uh, fairly good on both sides here. There's a couple questionables, I guess, that we could monitor, but uh, I think in terms of fantasy, we're going to be okay uh, for the most part. So just looking at these two teams from a fantasy points allowed basis, Tennessee's defense is not good. Um, they just got a run for their money last week against Houston. They got housed by Green Bay the last two games. Um, so Tennessee's defense, man, uh, you see the three rankings that are in green, 21st against the tight ends. Ooh, I'm expecting the Baltimore Ravens offense to be able to kind of do as they please. The Ravens defense, top 10 against the quarterback, top 10 against the wide receiver. So that's kind of conflicting what Tannehill, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis can do. Now what's cool about this game is we got some history between these teams. So these guys, they, they met earlier in the season. Let me just click on that. I think it was towards the middle of the year. I wish they would tell me the date that this game was on, uh, but this looks like it was maybe week 10 or 11 here. So the Titans win in overtime, 30 to 24. Uh, Tannehill, 22 of 31, two touchdowns and one interception. He was sacked twice in that game. Derrick Henry, 28 carries, 133 yards and one touchdown. So if you like Derrick Henry this week, I'm not going to argue with you. I mean, he's, he's going to get the ball upwards of 25 plus times. Maybe a couple passes uh, thrown his way as well. So Henry, playoff football, they're going to feed him the ball. I like Derrick Henry this week. And again, you see the success here against the Ravens earlier this year. Corey Davis was the leading receiver, 5 for 113 yards on 7 targets. A.J. Brown, 4 for 62 and a touchdown, 7 targets as well. John Smith was only 4 for 20, but he did score a touchdown. So there's potential for John Smith to maybe make some noise here. Um, but uh, man, everyone basically eight here for Titans. I think it's pretty concentrated. Tannehill, Henry, Davis, Brown, and Janu. Like those are the only five guys you're going to want to think of for Tennessee. Now on the Ravens side, Lamar Jackson, 186 yards, one touchdown, one interception. He was sacked once. J.K. Dobbins, this was the game where we kind of perked up because he dominated the snaps this week with 15 carries, 70 yards, and one touchdown. Gus Edwards only three for six. Mark Ingram only two for two. So 
it's really positive here to see J.K. Dobbins uh, get all the, the, that work and the success here. And I do think J.K. Dobbins, uh, again, maybe the, the third, fourth, or fifth best running back uh, of the slate this weekend. So I, I feel really good about Dobbins. He's been on a touchdown streak lately as well. We'll probably talk about him in the player prop show tomorrow morning. Uh, but then for receivers, Mark Andrews. If you have to put one tight end in your lineup this weekend, it's Mark Andrews, uh, five for 96 and one touchdown. So I love Mark Andrews this week. Again, we've been kind of talking about this for a while now, but ever since Nick Boyle went down on the IR, Mark Andrews has been, you know, really close with Darren Waller for the second best tight end in the league. His yards are going to be high, really good chance at a touchdown. I'm sure we'll, we'll probably favor him tomorrow in the player props as well. Des Bryant, four for 28. Marquise Brown, zero catches on three targets. So that, that potentially, is the difference here. If Marquise Brown makes the plays he's been making the last month and a half, this game is a win for Baltimore. So a lot to look at here. And then I did want to, because these two teams met in the playoffs last year. Um, let's see here. 2019. So let me just open up this. Uh, this was January 11th here. So last year, January 11th, the Titans win 28 to 12. Ryan Tannehill only threw the ball 14 times and they somehow won the game with two touchdowns, 88 yards. Derrick Henry, 30 for 195. Tannehill got the rushing touchdown. Now there's no receiving stats worth talking about. Again, 88 yards. Derrick Henry threw a touchdown pass in that game. Uh, but man, A.J. Brown was limited. Still a rookie in his year, kind of inconsistent. Corey Davis caught the three-yard touchdown from Derrick Henry. But the Ravens side. They only scored 12 points. Uh, Lamar Jackson did throw two interceptions, was sacked four times, but he throws for 365 yards on 59 attempts. So that's a lot of yards, but it's a lot of attempts as well. You're not going to see Lamar Jackson throw the ball 60 times in this game, maybe 30 at the most. But Lamar was also their best rusher, 20 for 143. In terms of receiving, it was Marquise Brown with 7 for 126. So I could see some success for him. Mark Andrews is only 4 for 39. That's his floor. I would expect at least three or four catches on this one as well. So how do we think this game's going to go? I'm ranking both Lamar and Ryan Tannehill as quarterback ones. Derrick Henry is probably the, the one must-start guy of the weekend here. He's had two successful games against the Ravens in the last, you know, 365 days, I guess we can say. And J.K. Dobbins, I think if you're filling out a lineup for Sunday, you have to somehow find a way to get J.K. Dobbins in as your RB2 or your flex. Because I, I just feel really good about him and the Ravens probably looking at themselves saying, hey, we know Lamar is a, is a damn good player, but we want to make sure we're running the ball hot. J.K. Dobbins is fresh, fresh young legs. They're going to feed him. Marquise Brown's playing probably the best stretch of football, you know, through his two-year career. And then Mark Andrews. So I really like all pieces here, Lamar, J.K., Marquise, and Mark Andrews. Uh, a little bit questionable about that weird zero-catch game the last time these two teams played, but I'm going to give Marquise Brown the benefit of the doubt with the way he's been playing the last, uh, basically the last five or six weeks. Um, so I, I like the Ravens pieces there. I can maybe pick the Ravens defense. I think there's better defenses to pick that day. So I'm probably not picking either defenses in this one, especially not the Titans. I'm not going with the Titans at all. But the Ravens, like maybe, but I think I'd rather have like a team like the Saints defense for Sunday. I think that makes a lot of sense. But give me give me Justin Tucker in this one. And then we'll say no to Edwards and Willie Sneed. On the Titans side, I do think Ryan Tannehill is probably a pretty safe bet for at least two or three touchdowns total. Derrick Henry, we already expressed our love for him. And then A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. I think both these guys are must uh 
must consider plays. You know, AJ Brown had probably the best game of his season last week, week six, week 17. And then Corey Davis, don't sleep on Corey Davis. Again, he had five catches, 113 yards earlier in the season. So I think both wide receivers are there in play. If I'm going to rank them, I'm probably going to rank them in terms of comfortability. I mean, give me AJ Brown, but I think Corey Davis and Marquise Brown are right there with each other. Uh, and you can essentially just build like your entire your entire Sunday lineup should just be built with these two teams. And I think I think that could be pretty good uh, for your DFS hopes. But don't don't use the Titans defense. I think this is going to be a game where uh, just looking at the fantasy or the the over under odds, this one's at fifty four and a half, the highest of the weekend. So if you're thinking in terms of a lot of points are going to be scored, you're on the right track. And I think Ravens and Titans, if you're doing a Sunday DraftKings or Sunday FanDuel or something, that's going to be the game where you're going to want to get uh, probably the most exposure to. So I really like this side. I'm still torn. I, I just think the Titans have gotten the best of them the last two times they've played. Uh, there's kind of that unwritten thing where it's it's hard to beat a team, you know, three times in a season. And technically, because this game was what, last, it was last January, January like 11th or something. So technically, the Ravens and Titans have played three times in the last calendar year almost. Uh, the Titans have won twice. I think I'm going with the Ravens. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson owned two in the playoffs. Um, big chip on his shoulder in this one. And the Ravens are playing some good football. Titans have been kind of spotty. They just barely eked out a win over the Texans. They got clobbered by Green Bay. <sighs> so this is, to me, it's a 50-50 game. But I think I'm going with the upset in the Ravens here. Um, so what's going on, Oscar? How's it going, my good man? And Noah, what's going on? So people still playing fantasy in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, there's a couple cool things you can do with fantasy football in the playoffs. Um, our guy Fabian in the chat room here, he's in some kind of NFL playoff challenge where uh, I don't know if that's salary cap, but you, you basically just pick your lineup. And then so for this round, you just get the points straight up. And then next round, because it's the second round, you're going to get double the points. Um, so there's, it's kind of like a survivor fantasy football league where you, you pick everyone now. And then, um, you also have to kind of just keep in mind, like green Bay and Kansas city players, like, yeah, you want those players, but you're not getting any points from them this week. So there's some kind of cool fan, uh, you know, playoff challenges for fantasy. Uh, I'm doing a bracket pool as well, uh, where we got, you know, NCA bracket style here. So you can play some fantasy in the playoffs. Uh, this also gives me a nice segue here too. If you guys are interested in a, in a different style of DFS, uh, drafters.com. This is where I play a lot of my I, – I don't do a lot of DraftKings and FanDuel lineups. I like the player prop bets the best. Uh, but if you want to do some kind of drafting type thing, um, drafters.com. I do have a link in the description below. Um, I have a link in the description below where if you, if you use the link, you're going to get, I think, a 50% deposit match bonus. So if you put $20 in, they'll, they'll give you a free $10 to work with. Uh, but drafters, uh, you see the lobby here. I can click on NFL, and then they have these these pools here. This one's called the NFL Wildcard Weekend Splash. It's a dollar ten. I entered one of these. You know, there's higher priced ones here too. But with the Wildcard Weekend Splash, you can uh, basically you're drafting against four other people, and it's a snake draft. And then you're going to take two QBs, two running backs, two or three receivers, a tight end, and two flex. So your lineup's going to be stacked, of course. Uh, but what's cool is you're also, because it's only a four-man draft, they're entering you in a pool of 400 different uh, lineups. And with first place, a dollar ten could win could win you 110 bucks. So if you're interested in doing something kind of fun like that, they also have MLB and NBA. I did a couple of NBA lineups this week. Um, so a lot of fun if you're interested in that. Again, link below. 
uh, if you want to get into some fantasy uh, playoffs, you know, fantasy playoff football. It's kind of fun. So our guy got the, he got the McCollum. Okay. Nice. You just persistence, man. Persistence, you know, pays off. So uh, let's go CJ McCollum. Uh, Trailblazers kicked some ass last night. They didn't, uh, they didn't have to play um, in the fourth quarter. their starters very much, but I love getting, uh, I love getting McCollum and, you know, selling high on a guy like Jalen Brown. I think uh, you got the, the right guy that you're looking for. So we just picked, the Ravens uh, to win over the Titans. I'm not going to argue if you if you take the Titans. You know the history. Titans have won the last two games, the last two matchups there. So, but uh, if I'm thinking of a the one game, or if you if you're to watch one game this weekend of the six, this is the one to watch. I think this is the most exciting game. Again, it's the one with the most implied points total here, and it's also the tightest spread. So only three points and. Man, uh, Baltimore, you know, Baltimore is actually favored to win on the road. Uh, I didn't expect that. That's pretty crazy. So if you think Tennessee is going to win, man, take them, take the money line at plus 155, maybe, you know, that's better odds than them covering the three. So if you think Tennessee is going to win the money line here, uh, that could be interesting. Uh, the only, like the thing, the thing about the Ravens though, is their, their defense is better the Ravens defense is better than the Titans defense. The Titans have struggled the last two weeks. I mean, they got slaughtered against green Bay and they just let a, what a four and 12 Texans team, you know, almost, you know, take them and knock them out of the AFC South champion. So I just think Baltimore uh, a little bit more disciplined on defense and Baltimore's offense is also playing well. So to me, that's like kind of two pluses, whereas Tennessee's defense uh, the, if Tennessee's going to win, they're, they're going to need to force some turnovers on the Baltimore side. Uh, but again, 54 and a half implied point total. I think it's going to be a really fun game. I think it can go either way. But uh, if you're a betting man, again, you think the Titans are going to win? Take that money line plus 155. That's that's pretty good. Um, but I, I, I'm going to lean the Ravens. Uh, I just think there's a chip on Lamar's shoulder. They've lost two straight games to the Titans here. And that last one, that last game was in overtime, so it was really close. It wasn't like that twenty-eight to twelve matchup that we saw here earlier. But um, just from my bracket pool that I've been, I've been accepting brackets all week, and I got a, I got a ton today. Uh, this is a, this is a 50-50 game uh, as far as p- people being called. And yeah, Derrick Henry. Um, just there's that one. You know, the, I'm thinking about the game with Green Bay. And if if the Ravens open up the game and they get a touchdown or two on their first, you know, two or three drives, and essentially they're up a score or two, that that's that's a potential problem for the Titans because you want Derrick Henry on the field, you want him getting his his 150 yards. That's the recipe to success. So uh, I don't know this this game again. It's it's the most to me. This is the most exciting game we could talk. I could probably fill the next 20 minutes talking about this game, uh, but man. I think I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm going to give a slight edge to the Ravens just because I think it's a little bit of an upset, but uh, I didn't know that uh, the betting odds were in the Ravens favor here. So that's a, that's a home game for Tennessee. That's kind of interesting. So we'll see what happens there. Moving on to the bears and the saints. Now this is another game, a rematch that we saw from earlier in the year, back in November. I think it was,
And we're back. All right, sorry about the internet mishap there, but um, let's see. So we're talking Bears and Saints. I did want to pull up the game from earlier in the season. I think it was November 1st. Let me just hit refresh on this. Um, sometimes my stupid router goes in and out, so I just had to unplug and plug it back in real quick. Uh, but Saints-Bears, these two teams met earlier in the year. Michael Thomas did not play, but this game went into overtime, 26-23. to Nick Foles was the quarterback. He went 28 of 41, 272 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. He was also sacked five times. Now, I'll get to that significance of that five sacks in a little bit. Uh, we see David Montgomery, 21 carries, 89 yards. You don't see a lot of success, you know, for running backs against New Orleans. So that's that's a really good sign here. And I think at the time, the Bears' offensive line was still kind of dinged up. So the fact that he ran... For over four yards a carry, 20 attempts, that, that's pretty impressive that that happened. He did have a long of 38, so that could skew things a little bit. But uh, I do think Montgomery is a guy worth keeping an eye on. Allen Robinson had, had himself a pretty good game, 6 for 87 and a touchdown, seven total targets. Anthony Miller had a really good game, 8 for 73. He led the team in targets with 11. Darnell Mooney, 5 for 69 and a touchdown, not too bad here. That might have been his best fantasy game of the season up until week 17. Uh, but Mooney playing some good football here against the Saints. Nothing for Graham, nothing for Komet. Komet wasn't really getting worked into the offense yet. Uh, but the, the the Saints with Drew Brees, 31 of 41, 280 yards and two touchdowns, was only sacked once. Kamara, Modeste on the ground, 12 for 67, no touchdowns. No rushing touchdowns for the Saints in this game. Uh, the two receiving scores went to Jared Cook and Taysom Hill. But Kamara, 9 for 96 through the air. That's That's something that we expect to see continue here so no michael thomas in this game and the reason why i kind of mentioned the five sacks here is new orleans is going to be without their best pass rusher their leading sack uh on the year here was uh did he play earlier in this game it was hendrickson trey hendrickson here he had 13 and a half sacks on the season he did get one in this game as well probably had a lot of pressures throughout that game so there's they're losing their best uh you know sack creator uh and also difference of trubisky to nick Foles. Uh, Bears are healthier on the offensive line. This this is this could be close. I'm I'm still picking the Saints to win, but this game it's gonna it's gonna be closer than people think. Uh, this game's got a 47 implied point total here. You know the Saints are favored to win by 10. Um, I, I might take I might take the Bears to cover that at minus 110 here. Uh, that could be kind of I, I could see this being another potential you know three to three to seven point game here at the end, and the Bears will be pesky. So. Uh, I guess we should probably take a peek at the practice reports real quick. I think both sides are, are decent here. It looks like Buster Screen's still out with a concussion. Darnell, Darnell Mooney hasn't practiced all week, so I, actually I don't like that. That kind of dings the offense a little bit. That just means more Anthony Miller, more Allen Robinson. Now, Robinson didn't practice Thursday, limited today. That's kind of interesting. He's still going to play, but um, that, that's kind of interesting to note there. Uh, I just got a couple guys questionable here. Nothing really to monitor. Roquan Smith still not practicing with that elbow injury. I think he's been out for a few games. Um, and then on the Saints side, real quick here, we're looking at, again, Trey Hendrickson, 13 and a half sacks on the season. I think the next closest guy for the Saints had seven. Um, so he's out. They're also out. Uh, their starting center, Nick Easton. Yeah, that's kind of a big deal. Um, we'll see if those uh, two, you know, the two line pieces make any difference in this game. Uh, but everything else looks pretty healthy for the Saints. On the defense side of things, we see more red than green. The Bears ranked 10th against the quarterback, 9th against the running backs, 8th against the receivers. Uh, and the one spot the Bears have, you know, kind of been 
pretty vulnerable against on defense is the tight ends. They rank 31st, 15.8 points to the tight end. So that's kind of interesting. On the Saints side, they, they rank sixth against the, the quarterback, number one against the running backs, and then average against receivers and tight ends. We did see Montgomery run for 89 yards against this team early in the year. Again, that was with a banged up offensive line, Nick Foles. So there's some, you know, there's some positivity here, even though you see the, the glaring red number one. Looks like we got the Bears hanging out with us tonight. What's going on? Bears will beat the Saints, and Saints fans will complain how the league added a seventh seed just to screw them over again. I can see it. I, I can see it. I, I'm a Packer fan, and uh, I I think the Bears – I'm not sleeping on the Bears. Um, and Okay, so Roquan and Jalen Johnson. I figured Jalen Johnson was going to play, but I just I didn't like the no practice all week for Roquan. So I'm hoping he can play. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know if you were in here before, but I pulled up this box score from earlier, 26 to 23. This game went to overtime. Nick Foles. Uh, the offensive line was dinged up at the time. Um, and the fact that Montgomery was able to stay on track and run the football as well as he did here, that's a good sign. Um, there was no Michael Thomas in this game, uh, but that, that could, you know, change things a little bit here. But I think uh, the Bears, you know, adding Trubisky, who's pretty good with his legs. Uh, Montgomery's playing the best football of his career. You still got Robinson and Anthony Miller. We'll see about Darnell Mooney. I don't know what's going on with him. I think we'll hopefully hear some information tomorrow. Uh, but for sure, you like Robinson and Miller in this game. Even if Mooney plays, he might be, you know, not 100% there. Uh, but the Saints are also missing Trey Hendrickson and their starting center. So, I don't know. I think I think a lot of people are overlooking this game from earlier in the year. I remember watching it, and uh, this was the game that uh, the, Bears, the Bears lost, and Green Bay kind of hopped them. Um, so... Yeah, that is, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Your offensive line the last month and a half of football, like just looking at Derek, uh, David Montgomery's stats have been pretty insane. Um, and a young quarterback like Trubisky making his first career playoffs. No, not his first career playoff start. He's been here before. Um, that's crazy to think. He's actually a veteran. Um, second career playoff game, I believe. And uh, I don't know. I, this game's in New Orleans, but it's it's uh, the crowd. You know, that's that that they don't have that home field technically. You know, ruckus advantage. So I do think I do think the Bears. You know, are going to keep. Uh, I'm not going to say the Bears are win. I think I I could see the Bears winning. It's probably going to be I think a one possession game towards the end here. And it really depends on if Michael Thomas just comes out and, and just has a ball and out game. Um, I think Kamara, Kamara not being able to practice all week because of the COVID. Uh, I mean, if this game was on Saturday, if this game's tomorrow, Kamara can't play. So I think I think uh, the 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 Saints really, I don't know, they lucked out with Kamara being able to play in the first place. Um, but Thomas, Kamara, Taysom Hill might be involved. Jared Cook might be one of the guys here that you know kind of dings. Uh, this 31st ranked green here, but let me see what else. So Mooney is good. Uh, the thing I like about Mooney is he, he just, he stretches the field the best for them as receivers. And he kind of, he just makes the safeties have to think, be honest. Uh, they used Mooney a lot last weekend in the short area game, which I thought was uh, a good wrinkle, but they kind of just did it a little too much, but uh, hopefully Mooney can play. He's a, he's a really good solid player. And yeah, if you guys can get your defensive studs back, I think that's going to be good. Uh, but man, don't sleep on the Bears. In terms of fantasy, I have Drew Brees as a quarterback one. I don't feel great about it. I probably should move him down to a quarterback two. And if I'm being honest with you, I might prefer Mitch Trubisky from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, Kamara, Kamara's going to play. He's going to be an RB1 for most people. David Montgomery, I have him as an RB2. I think just in terms of all the games 
uh, in terms of DraftKings or FanDuel, I think they're just they're Saturday slates and then the Sunday slates. I think Montgomery deserves a spot as your running back too. I mean, if, if you tell me the Bears are going to score three touchdowns, I'm I'm thinking Montgomery gets one of them. Uh, that that seems like a pretty good option, and just the way they give him the ball so much, looking at twenty to twenty five, you know, combined carries and catches here. So I like Montgomery, uh, but Kamara, man, he just he hasn't practiced all week. I'm sure he's been involved in meetings and in Zoom things and such. But uh, just coming in willy-nilly, you know, the first day back being Sunday, kind of something to monitor there. Again, Michael Thomas, he's been, you know, with the team, uh, but it's also his first game back in, in, in live action in a while. So if he's not fresh and, and humming, you know, the Saints might struggle here. Um, Jared Cook, again, if you had to pick a tight end for this, you know, this Sunday slate, I'm taking Mark Andrews all the time. But if you wanted to pivot against the, the, the crowd there, Jared Cook, again, the Bears, uh, do give up a decent amount of points to the tight end, and Jared Cook did score. He went five for fifty-one in a touchdown earlier in that game, and that game was without Michael Thomas too, so that's kind of interesting. But uh, I don't know, Emmanuel Sanders. Maybe he's a flex play at best if, if Thomas is, you know, just kind of getting his legs back underneath him. Uh, I do have the Saints defense as a start in terms of this game being maybe one of the. I don't know. I think this game is going to be more low scoring than people think. And if you think the Saints are going to win, I, I do recommend taking the Saints defense. Um, I, I like the Saints kicker, to be honest. Like, that's the one call here I like the best from the Saints. I think the Bears could uh, be relatively stingy on defense and force field goals. So Will Lutz is actually probably my favorite kicker of the day. Uh, Latavius Murray, Taysom Hill, I'm not really looking for those, those guys either there. Uh, and then the Bears side, Trubisky, he's a pretty exciting quarterback too. I think for FanDuel DraftKings lineups. I'm still probably preferring a guy like Lamar Jackson or Ryan Tannehill, but Trubisky could be a good pivot. Uh, you could probably stack him with Allen Robinson. I think that wouldn't be a terrible call. Uh, but the guys I feel good about, I mean, Montgomery, he's, he should have a high floor for for volume there. And then Robinson, he kind of had a bad game last week. I expect him to kind of, um, you know, make amends for that. You could use the Bears defense because they're not they're not going to be well owned. I think a lot of people are going to be heavy on the Saints. Again, it's just weird that this game's a ten point. This is a ten-point spread. It just doesn't make sense. Um, so if, if I'm if I'm betting on this, I'm I'm taking the Bears to cover ten points because if they win, I win money. And the, this is probably going to be in, in my head. If if the Saints win, it's not going to be more than uh, a two-score game here. So I I do like the Bears uh, in the spread. Uh, Mooney, we'll see if he plays. If Mooney doesn't play, I'll be interested in getting Anthony Miller in a, in a flex lineup here. Uh, and I can't trust Jimmy Graham. I like Cole Komet a little bit better here. So those tight ends are kind of hard to predict. Again, if you like tight ends for Sunday, I'm ranking him Mark Andrews and then probably uh, Jared Cook here. Um, so let me see what else we got. Uh, nothing will make me happier than watching the Bears. Yeah, Grandpa Breeze. Uh, I don't. I don't think Drew Breeze is playing next year. I think. I think they're going to slightly usher him out the door and uh, tell him uh, Taysom Hill is here now. So I don't know, man. This. This. It, this seems like a game that the Saints should win, right? They're two versus seven. It should they should win, but uh, I'm not counting Chicago out. The last month, I know the Chicago Bears have had a, a easy schedule the last handful of weeks, but uh, they're, they're still a, a really good defense. They have you know shown some vulnerability against the tight ends, but uh, again, the, the Saints barely beat them. Uh, they barely beat them uh, back in uh, November first here. So uh, no problem, Mr. Fabian. Thank you guys so much for hanging out tonight. And then uh, we're almost going on an hour here. So I'm going to finish up with the Browns and Steelers. I think I'm going to be quick with this one. Uh, I'm loading up with the Steelers. I, I, I'm sure the Browns could win. Uh, I just, I just, I like, 
I like Roethlisberger in this one. Um, he's fresh. He had a week off, and he's also going to be – let me just look at the odds real quick. Uh, Steelers are six-point favorites, two, minus 275 money line, over under 47. That seems doable. Uh, but the whole COVID-19 situation with the Browns, they're not having their normal coaching staff. I think a couple of linemen are out as well. Uh, let's just see what we got going on here. They got a lot of guys questionable. That's not really good. It looks like the only guy here not practicing with an illness, though, is Jack Conklin. So we'll see about him on Sunday morning. Um, but a little, a couple of banged up injuries here to monitor. And then on the Steelers side real quick, nothing concerning here. So I just, I just think, man, I, I like the story of the Browns. I can see the upset happening. Uh, I just think there's a lot stacked against them. This one's in Pittsburgh as well. Roethlisberger, uh, healthy, you know, a week off for Roethlisberger. I'm not expecting much out of James Conner, but Juju, Deontay, Claypool, and Ebron, I think those guys are all valid plays this week. I'm starting the Steelers' defense. I think if I'm starting one defense uh, on Sunday, it's probably the Steelers. That's probably the one I feel more. I'd probably rank them Pittsburgh. I'd probably rank the Saints and then probably the Bears next. Those are probably my three favorite defenses. I'll go ahead and start Chris Boswell. I don't feel great about it. We talked about the other kickers there that I like. Washington, Benny Snell, leave them on the bench. But if the Browns are going to win, they need to run Nick Chubb and just keep running Nick Chubb. Uh, I think that's their best play here. We'll see Baker Mayfield, what he can do. Uh, his first career playoff start. I'm excited to see how this goes. But just with limited weapons, man, you got Landry and Kareem Hunt. We'll see about Rashard Higgins making a play, but he's been kind of inconsistent throughout his career. Austin Hooper, inconsistent season as well here. So if the Browns are going to win, they're going to have to capitalize off some Steelers' mistakes, you sack, fumble with Ro with Roethlisberger, or somehow find a way to pick him off, or you know some advantageous special teams. So if the Browns are going to win, I think it's going to be because uh, of a couple turnovers, you know, go their way, and maybe a, a player two in the special teams game that that really bounces their way as well. Steelers' defense is just no joke, uh, no joke. Uh, everything's in the top ten here. A couple three second rankings here in the Browns' defense, man. I just think they're going to have. Trouble against a veteran, healthy Roethlisberger, three stud receivers, and a pretty dang good tight end here. I'm leaning the Steelers, um, and I think it's I think it's uh, for me. This is probably one of my my this is one of the bets I feel the best about. Is I think the Steelers. Uh, I think the Steelers are going to take this one here. So um, what's good, Aiden? What's going on, man? Is AJ Brown, Diggs, and Beasley playing tomorrow? Um, so AJ Brown plays Sunday. Everything's good to go there. Stephon Diggs. I believe Stefan Diggs kind of downplayed his injury situation with the media yesterday, and uh, he seems to be just fine. I don't expect any limitations for Diggs. Cole Beasley, though, is 50-50. Um, did not practice Tuesday, Wednesday. I'd like to see what happened today, but he was limited yesterday, so he's you know he's trending towards playing. Uh, but if, if you're looking for Buffalo receivers, if you're looking for Buffalo receivers, I'm going to rank them Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley. I think that's how I would go. And then uh, who are your top three faves for the Super Bowl? <sighs> Probably Green Bay. Probably Green Bay's up there. Um, NFC side, give me Green Bay. I don't, I don't trust the Saints. I, I, I don't trust the New Orleans Saints. Um, I don't trust Seattle. I don't trust the Rams. I don't trust Washington. I don't trust Chicago. I think the other NFC team that I think it'd be kind of cool to see Tampa Bay Green Bay. And in order for that to happen, I think the Rams would have to beat the Seattle Seahawks, uh, which is entirely possible. We could see a heavy run game day for Jared Goff. Um, 
So if, if the Rams win, that opens things up for a Green Bay-Tampa uh, Bay matchup for the NFC Championship game. And then on the AFC side, I, I want to see Kansas City-Buffalo. But uh, I also – I got some weird feelings that Baltimore's out to prove some things this, this playoff year. They've been bounced the last two years. Last year was just a, a tragedy at that point, losing 28-12, to a home game against Tennessee. I could see Baltimore, you know, fighting up pretty good. Um, so in terms of AFC, uh, I'd probably rank them. Kansas City is almost like a shoe in to make the AFC championship game. But uh, if if Kansas City plays Baltimore, that's that's a that's a pause. You know, you got to think about that a little bit because uh, I just think Baltimore could be a team that gets hot. Um, and then uh, with with Buffalo, Buffalo is just playing such good football. It almost doesn't matter. They, they played well without John Brown. They played good without Cole Beasley. Uh, Gabe Davis looks good. You also got Stephon Diggs playing some of the best receiver football in the NFL. Diggs might be one of the best receivers this season besides Devontae Adams. I think that I think that's uh, he's no joke with Josh Allen. So I'm going to say Kansas City, Buffalo, Green Bay. Those are the three teams. If I'm betting on one of those teams, you know, one of those teams should win the Super Bowl. I think. Um, and then if Beasley doesn't play, that hurts the Bills' chances. Maybe not this week. I think. I think Beasley's health is more important, I think, for a game next week where if they end up playing Pittsburgh again. Uh, but with, with the Colts, um, I, I want to see I want to see Buffalo run the ball. I think Buffalo needs to have some kind of threat of a run game um, just to keep defenses uh, – add a new wrinkle for defenses to think about in the playoffs. I think if, if Buffalo wants to win the game against Indianapolis, you got to keep Jonathan Taylor out of the game. So that, that requires Buffalo to get a touchdown early and, and make make the Colts almost have to throw the ball. So uh, Cole Beasley would help in this as well. Um, I, don't, I don't think it hurts them too much because they also got John Brown back last weekend. And that Gabe Davis, I, I, I like Gabriel Davis quite a bit. I think he could be a, a really nice piece for them in a, in a year or two. Maybe not next year yet for fantasy either, but it depends if they keep all their guys around here. So I, I really like Buffalo's side. Um yeah, Titans, Bills, and and yeah, the Chiefs. The Titans are interesting because they 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 are the most balanced team offensively. Now, the thing that I don't like about the Titans is that defense. I think I think around this you know time of year, you're going to need a, a player two per game from your defense, whether that's you know a timely sack on a third and you know five or something, or or something crazy to happen for you on that side of the ball, and just the last. I, w- I was really digging the Tennessee until, you know, the Green Bay game was, I mean, they, they just got housed in that game. And then they struggled to beat ten- uh, the Houston Texans last weekend for the AFC championship um, or for the AFC South championship title. So I, I have concerns about Tennessee. I, I It's not going to surprise me to see Tennessee make a run. Uh, but essentially next weekend, if if Tennessee, Buffalo, and say Pittsburgh win, you're looking at Kansas City versus Tennessee. Whew, that's that that's going to be some good football. Both those games uh, would be kind of almost you know difficult to project here. So I like Tennessee, but uh, for sure I'm going with with Buffalo and Kansas City as my 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 two favorites there. Um, the Colts, the Colts. The thing about the Colts though is they they need to. The, the first quarter is very important for the Colts. They need to get points on the board. They need to somehow make – if the Colts 
force a punt in the first quarter or get a turnover or, or something like that, where that game is, is essentially the Colts want to keep it tight and they want to keep giving Jonathan Taylor the ball. The, the farther that game gets away, the earlier, the, the worse that's going to be for the Colts. So I, I, I'm expecting, I'm expecting a lot of good stuff. And yeah, you, like, it's, it's hard to bet against uh, Mr. Derrick Henry here uh, for sure. But again, uh, I think especially in that, the, the Buffalo Indianapolis game and the Colts Titans game or the, the Ravens Titans game that those first quarters are going to be super and crucial. Uh, those teams want to score on their first drive. They want to establish the game script and uh, basically not be playing from behind. So that's going to bode well for Derrick Henry if they get up early or make some, you know, Lamar punt uh, a time or two, but definitely, I think for both game, like both Saturday and Sunday, the noon games, those, those are my favorite games. So Buffalo Indy and, um baltimore tennessee so a lot of fun in those games but uh, we're going on a little over an hour here i got some things to take care of tonight i want to thank uh, everyone in the chat room aiden thank you for hanging out tonight man my, my guy fabian the bears dropping some bears knowledge for us uh we got oscar uh mhp we'll have our player prop show tomorrow 10 30 p.m or a.m central time and then noah hanging out in the chat room as well so i want to say thank you to everyone for hanging out thank you so much for your time don't forget to like, uh, leave a comment, subscribe. That helps the YouTube channel go by, by hitting simply hitting the like button. Uh, that lets YouTube know that, hey, this was a good video. And it should be you know recommended to others. So that's a huge help. And uh, I don't know. Have a good rest of your Friday night. Enjoy the football. We'll see you guys in another one. Peace.